Hey everybody, welcome to We Got The Beats, centered around teen entertainment from 80s on up. And, uh, oh by the way, I want to mention this, I forgot before we recorded. We're doing The Princess Diaries, but this uh, this is an old episode. This might be the first, le- like, kind of legit We Got The Beat episode. Is uh, Can't Hardly Wait, we discussed a couple years ago for its anniversary. I saw someone with an Amanda Blake shirt yesterday. Whoa. Yeah, it was like a teenager. So I guess it still resonates. And- in real life? Yeah, he walked into my store. Holy wow. I wanted to ask him, but he was busy, and I felt like kind of a weirdo walking up to a teenager going, Where'd you get that shirt? I made a blank. Wow, that's... that. I mean, I didn't even really know if that movie resonated that much with, with you know, people our own age. Yeah. I didn't know that somehow teenagers were discovering it that gives me hope in humanity for some reason <laughs> and i also picked up the anniversary edition on blu-ray it's nice Ooh, yeah. um so back to what we originally planned to discuss something did you when i mentioned this did you think i would have ever said these words i want to watch princess diaries um i don't know i think i was more surprised that you hadn't seen it before than that you had finally decided to watch it now because I have seen it so many times and have been a fan of it since since it came out that I guess I, I'm surprised that you never, like, I don't know, were accidentally forced into watching it with me uh, by, by proximity or something. Well, so, yeah, it's, it's also strange I mean, because I love Ella Enchanted so much. And for some reason, I was just like, yeah. hey, that's weird. I've never seen this movie. And I remember you mentioned stuff like the kid from Rooney is in it and you know, all these other actors. Oh, yeah. Chris Pine started off with this series. And so I was like, you know what? I got Disney Plus. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go check them out. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but I didn't know this. The whole history. Now, you've read the books, correct? Yeah. I didn't know that there were so many books and that there's... The sequel isn't even based on any of the books. No, not at all. Weird. Why but would you do that? Also, you in front of you? I mean, maybe like, like, teenage me when they first came out enjoyed them, but really they're not very good. So uh, it's a really actually probably a good thing that the movies don't follow it that much. I mean, some of the first movie follows, like, the first book, but they make a lot of um, changes in a good way to, in, in my opinion, in the movie uh, as opposed to the book. Like, in the book series, for example, the, like, grandma is really, really mean and not likable. Oh, wow. and so, so they So they made a lot of a. I mean, the main storyline that starts it all off is the same, but, you know, they made some really nice character adjustments that I think actually, you know, the movie is far superior to the book, and I don't say that very often. Huh. Yeah, it's usually the exact so opposite because they cut out all this stuff. Don't but... bother reading the books, dude. Yeah, well, I never... I, I can't read anyway. No, you wouldn't. They're, no. like, really, really silly girly like preteen kind of right. appeal the only thing i've read over the last couple of decades basically is like hard uh, case crime and sword and sorcery and most of that it's got to be short and sweet i mean charlie houston's the last writer I, I really ever read i just don't read anymore it's because you have add yeah plus my vision's getting weird, maybe you so. should try listening to audiobooks i could i've done it I've, yeah I don't know. There's just so I feel like there's so many 
Well, I mean, obviously books are pretty important to my life and always have been, and obviously to my actual chosen career path. But I think that, you know, reading or listening to good books just really kind of uh, burns my creativity. So I don't know. But there's there's a lot of benefits to allowing that and continuing that in your life. So I can, I can suggest some good audiobooks to you later. Okay, good. I'll count it as work. <laughs> check, um, check. So what, besides the, the grandmother being completely different, is there any major plot points that change in the first book? Or from the first book? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I could say for sure because it's been so very, very long since I have read any of them uh, that I can't remember a lot, but... I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of smaller details that they change, oh, okay. but uh, I couldn't. I can't speak to the rest of it. Just I, re- I. I think also, I'm pretty sure that you know a huge p- plot point obviously is like her dad died when she was really little, and she knows nothing about her, his side of the family. I'm pretty sure in the books, her dad's not even dead. Oh wow. And that I don't even remember why she didn't know that much about like her her grandmother, and she had never met her, and I don't remember why. So I mean, there that's two two pretty substantial plot points that you know they change, uh, but I can't remember you know beyond that too much. I'm pretty sure the stuff with her mom, and the teacher is the same, and you know her friends and the stuff with Michael is the same. But I, I can't, I can't remember too much beyond that. The uh, so the city, not the city, the country. It is a country, right? It's not like some province or something. It's Wachovia. Uh, to say it wrong again. No, it's it's Genovia. Genovia. Okay. Genovia, Genovia. <laughs> I love that part when he like sings the thing, the like anthem or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it's Genovia. You keep you keep getting it mixed, like you're breeding it with Wakanda. I guess Wakovia. <laughs> we did we did see that Sonovia, Sokovia, or whatever it was from Avengers. Um, are there little countries inside Europe that I don't know about that are like itty bitty nothings? I, mean, or this, is, I always say like cheap pop out when they make up these little countries. I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot going on over in you know Europe that we're oblivious to because you know we don't really pay attention to that much stuff beyond our own bullshit. <laughs> um, but what I find interesting is nobody expected this to be a hit, not even the studio. And yet I remember when the trailers came out that they were selling. It was a really good trailer, and it helps that the director was Gary Marshall, and uh, he did Pretty Woman, and they sold this as just kind of a younger Pretty Woman, especially in the tone. You know, with the, like, the, you remember how they sold Pretty Woman in the trailer? There's lots of, like, little sight gags and her behavior and slapping yes. and whatever. It made it look fun. Yeah. Um, where that's how they sold Princess Diaries. They edited it in the same way, and this became such a big hit that I, I truly don't, it's a shock that I don't think Anne Hathaway did anything after this for like three years. Do you remember her doing anything between this and Ella Enchanted? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember those kinds of details. Um, I mean, she was still pretty young. She got her start on a TV show, I think. Oh, okay. I thought maybe she was a Broadway. That. 
that I I don't know that she has any Broadway background. I admit I don't know that much. I believe that she was on a show uh, when this started, so maybe she was busy doing that for a bit. Uh, I don't know. I I don't remember details quite as well uh, because it's been a really long time. She was in another Disney movie at the same time called The Other Side of Heaven, which I don't know about. Christopher. Gordon. Oh, I remember that movie. That was about a Mormon missionary. Oh, okay. So, with, the, but did with she did Chris Gorham or whatever? Right, Gorham, and then she did Nicholas Nickleby with um, that kid from Undeclared. I can't remember his name, but Charlie Hunnam. Uh, so I guess she was doing stuff for some reason. I feel like there was a. Are you seriously? You still refer yes. to him as yes, the guy I do. from? I know. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, I so also she did a vo- the voice in 2002 of the Cat Returns, which is a not as popular um, Studio Ghibli film um, by Mi- Miyazaki, and um, I spent a, a lot of, of the early part of the quarantine introducing myself to a lot of uh, Studio Ghibli films. Really? Are they good? Uh, I've never seen uh, them. I mean, I have mixed feelings. I don't love them all, but I'm going to say that actually I think the one that she did, it's called The Cat Returns, was one of the my favorites of, of any of the Studio Ghibli films. And I don't think that that's a popular response. I don't know that maybe people haven't seen this one as much. but uh, So that one was in 2002, which... Until, you know, earlier this year, I didn't even know it existed. Wow. So okay. That was... So she she did some stuff, voice work, and it says... I guess the show she was on was actually, uh, like, the year or so before the Princess Diaries. Okay, so. so she didn't just come out of nowhere. Uh, I thought maybe she was a Broadway actress or whatever, because she's done, what, two or three singing roles now? She did this, or not this... Uh, wait, does she sing in one of the Princess Diaries? I feel like she does. Maybe the second one? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I She sings in Ella Enchanted. And Les Mis. Um, and Les Mis. I thought there was another one. Um, okay. I'm but, trying to look through her stuff yeah. to see if I remember anything else. But this feels, um, it's not a musical, mm-hmm. but it has that kind of classic feel. Like the 50s and 60s musicals with, um, oh, darn it, uh, Oh, she was, uh, I almost have it. I almost have it, but Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn. Uh-huh. What yeah. about Audrey Hepburn? It just feels like it has, like, if you were to make this year, this movie in the 60s, it would have starred Audrey Hepburn. She has a feel, oh, she I has, like, a cross between Audrey Hepburn and uh, Julia Roberts. Yeah, I can see that. And I, you know, I didn't really consider that until you said it, that they, you know, there's, definite similarities in the way yeah they presented it the the sight gags and the kind of you know silliness of um and also the emotional growth uh is sort of is similar in a lot of ways to pretty woman i didn't think about that until you said it though the uh the humor works in the first one i feel like the humor in the second one doesn't work at all i think the plot's great i think the acting's great i think most of the jokes go on too long and they're just not funny. The arrow thing that went on for what seems like two minutes. Well, that started in the first one too, I think. But that didn't it? The arrow thing. Was it? Oh, um, you're right. When she's at school. 
Yes, and yes. Um, I do want to say too. I think what you're thinking about musical wise is she she was the voice in Hoodwinked, the first Hoodwinked, and she has a song in that too. Just one, but uh, and I guess a couple songs in Rio. Some animated movies that weren't as popular. I think maybe is what you're oh, what maybe, you're thinking yeah. about. She has like 18 music or soundtrack credits on wow. IMDb, so she's definitely done various things. But I mean, I really, side note, loved that first Hoodwinked and thought it was one of the most clever animated it movies. Was. But that I don't think one that sucked. I don't. And the other one, the second one, sucks so bad. But I don't really think very many people uh, remember it. No. Anyway. Um, but I think what also helped this movie become such a big hit and, and, and such good chemistry is Julie Andrews. You know, she had been on for... Oh, absolutely. It had been like 15, maybe 20 years since she did a movie. The last thing I think of is like Victor Victoria. Oh, I didn't... I guess I didn't realize that she had such a um, long time between uh, a pause and her acting like that. Um, but yeah, their chemistry, their... Is so fantastic, not just between them, but you know, I think one of the unsung heroes, or maybe just not as appreciated as as an actor overall, but definitely in this movie is Hector Elizondo. Holy crap! The and MVP his, of both films. My I goodness. Know, his his chemistry with Julie and, Andrews is like it, their relationship is just so like subtle but lovely. Yeah, that's exactly words I was gonna use. Yeah. Yeah, he's really, um, he really is, you're right, that's perfect, MVP of this, of this movie. Um, his charm is just, ah, so good. What I love about I him, though, is that he becomes almost like a father to her, since her father has been gone most of her life, that he becomes yeah. uh, very protective of her, and he doesn't take any bullshit, and uh, he's just there for her whenever she, I mean, of course, in the beginning, there's the fish out of water kind of feel, where... Um, she's not used to their world and they're not used to her world and, and that kind of mixes up but it's never done in a cliche way whenever they do these kind of movies um, they're always like we're just stuffy and ooh you know whatever and then they have to bring them down or whatever she, uh, Julie Andrews' character is just kind of bemused and, and kind of like what does this mean exactly where are we at you know it's never like outright uh, cliche what they usually do true you know I really don't think uh, I mean, there's a, there's a few, you know, I guess tropes in this that are uh, common, like you know, the 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 crush that you know is just using her and the like falling for your good friend kind of stuff. Yeah. But that's pretty mi- minor to the plot. Uh-huh. And um, otherwise, you know, it's there's really not. A lot of predictability to this that's not really like anything else and yeah, luckily the, there I was thinking there, are there isn't bits too pieces. much stuff that's copied it either you know right but um it may be more i think is the one major cliche because and it's yeah. so weird is the way that she does it you think that she would like oh she's a princess start kissing her ass but no she's like now she's jealous and angry so still even that they play differently than i expected yeah Eric Von Detten, was he a true. thing? Because I feel like I saw him in stuff around this time. Yeah, I've never he seen was him in since. a lot. He was in a lot of Disney movies. Okay. Uh, 
he may have even been on a show, but he definitely, uh, for a period of time, was in a lot of Disney movies. I think it's interesting that, like, Patrick John Pfluger, Pfluger was, like, the other guy, the nerdy guy. Who I enjoyed. Like, he's done, he was great. Who's, who, he's done so much stuff since then, um, which, I, I mean, he's obviously not a household name or anything, but, like, he's done so much great stuff, this, particularly, you know, really his, like, big breakout was 4,400. Uh, you know, this is probably, strangely, but truthfully, I think the first time I, I really noticed Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, and I, maybe I this cannot recall anything her crossover because yeah. she was in a she's you know she did a lot of Canadian movies, uh, obviously because she's Canadian. But I think this may have been kind of her first crossover. Okay, is this uh, a Canadian film? Because Patrick Pfluger is also a Canadian actor. Yeah, I mean, it may, it's an American production, know. but shot in in Vancouver or something. Well, you know, whenever they, I mean, that's a very typical thing when they shoot in Vancouver that a lot of the actors and a lot of the extras and stuff are going to be Canadian. It's just common sense, you know. Yeah. Well, they also have the schools. We... They have these beautiful schools up there that you just, there's hardly anything like that here. Yeah. I know it's set in San Francisco, right? Right. Oh, I yeah, the school's on the water, right? Or am I thinking of 10 Things I Hate About You? I can't remember. One of them was an absolutely gorgeous location. I couldn't believe a school was on it. Uh, the the school is kind of uh, uh, castle-y looking in San Francisco in, in the city. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, there are parts of the movie where they're at the water and stuff, but I don't think the school was. But um, that's it. one of the other things in the book that's different is I'm almost positive that it actually in the, the books take place in New York City. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure why they chose to change it, <clears throat> that aspect, um, other than maybe they thought, you know, the location, the Vancouver location looked more like San Francisco than New York. I don't know, but... Um, I also want to say that Larry Miller. <laughs> I mean, see, I watched oh this. In, I watched this in Ten Things I Hate About You almost back to back, so I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, "What, Larry Miller again?" There's a moment where he got a lot of work, and he's completely ridiculous in this. And I love the fact that he flat out admits he was like, "Oh no, I sold her out. I told the news." <laughs> they like they weren't really yeah. even angry about it. Like, well, I guess it's him. I guess we should have expected that. Yeah, I don't know. I. <clears throat> I don't know what is it about Larry Miller that I find like so like ridiculously enjoyable. Uh he's just so fun. I remember you're not maybe you won't remember this, but there was a TV show called Boston Common that we used to watch that he was a guest yeah, on sure. where he was a wannabe stalker, but he didn't know how to do it right. <laughs> he was a wannabe stalker, that's tough. Yeah, he's like I'm retired, I have goals <laughs> and so he starts stalking like one of the dorky guys working with the main Guy on Boston Comet. Jeez, that's a show that I no admit. <laughs> I don't rem. I don't remember that plot line. For yeah, sure. it was absurd. Uh, yeah, I don't quite like the like. I don't love Lily in this. I, I mean, she, I think she's kind of not the greatest friend. I don't know that she's any different in the book. Oh God, uh, she's so irritating, and it's a part of it. I'm going to say this. I don't like how she. I don't Heather Matarazzo. The way that she talks, the way that she acts. She's like the female version of John Heater to me, where she's always the same exact thing. Oh. That thing that you found quirky 
about them that got them cast in a first movie like Welcome to the Dollhouse and Napoleon Dynamite turns out that's not acting that's how they actually are so every time she talks like this with her teeth you know just like I was like okay I I really irritated me the whole time she was on screen I think that uh, that's a really amazing correlation that I wouldn't have thought of until you said it but it sort of like makes perfect <laughs> yeah, she's. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, dude. She's just for any of her fans, because I know you know there are fans out there. But she's just for me not that enjoyable to watch on the no. screen. And her whole turn in the movie, I just I'm not buying it. She knows exactly what she's going under. I mean, this is after. Well, no, she's even shitty before that. It's like, what's going she's on shitty. with you? You're not a Rodney. I was like. Maybe teenagers. May I forget she, what a teenager's like in real life? They're just whiners. Maybe she's just whiner. not a good friend. Yeah. I love the whole thing with Michael. Like, I love Robert Schwartzman. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his from this movie. He hasn't really done a lot of other acting. Uh, he has, uh, you know, was is in one of my definitely my favorite bands in like the early 2000s and then has kind of moved on also to directing and stuff which I have admit I haven't seen any of his movies but I still kind of pay attention to like what he's up to um yeah there's been long gaps now in the albums so he he must be keeping himself yeah he um you know it's a shame that this is like one of his only acting jobs because I thought he was very he was a little awkward but in a way that uh, I mean, he was weird. Yeah, what helped in a really likable way. Yeah. So that made sense with her, um, and I just I don't know. I just really liked all the stuff with him, and he was a, an interesting, good choice for the role. And uh, <clears throat> for those who don't know that much about him, he has a band called Rooney, which I have seen and had a mild obsession with. Uh, and he, in one part when they're actually practicing in the, um, the car, you know, his car mechanic, whatever side job there, his, him, his band are practicing there. And there, that is like one of the early Rooney songs that they're, they're playing, uh, in the movie. So that eventually showed up on one of their albums, but did, um, how did you find out about the fact. band? Or is it because this movie is what led you to discover the band? Uh, or is it Phantom Planet that led you? I, I still remember. One day you just gave me the album and I was like, oh, okay. And then I just instant loved it. I mean, instantaneously. I have to admit that I can't recall what my motivation was. And it may have been because I liked him from this movie. It may have been because, you know, Jason Schwartzman is his brother. So, you know, I, uh, you kind of see a lot of stuff. And, yes, I really liked Phantom Planet. Um, and maybe it kind of just went hand in hand. I can't um, <clears throat> can't say for sure. But I do think that they're, you know, I really enjoy their music. Um, sorry, my dog was just hacking along. That's <laughs> okay. Um, but you do know the story about how I like saw him once, right? No. Uh, so, so you know, uh, Robert, there and Jason, their uncle or something is Francis Ford Coppola. Oh. 
I barely right, remember, right? I, I remember the fragments of this story. Go ahead, though. Okay, so, and Francis Ford Coppola has a winery near Napa, and he lives in the area. And uh, one year, I went to Target <laughs> on Black Friday to do some Black Friday shopping, and who do I see shopping in Target? For Robert Schwartzman. Oh and I realized that it's like so totally bizarre and obscure because I don't know, first of all, how many people just like instantaneously are like, oh fuck, that's Robert Schwartzman. <laughs> um, and then I freaked out and then I kind of like, like stalked him a little bit around the store. So I was just like, is this real? Like it's so bizarre. Like, Exciting and awesome. And, yeah, I admit I followed him a little bit because I'm creepy. <laughs> but then, here's the thing. Here's the here's the really, like, messed up part of the story, right? Is that I look down, and what am I wearing? But the Rooney hoodie that you gave me. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, I felt like such a psychotic freak. I, I stopped. <laughs> I immediately <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, like oh. you can't even you couldn't you couldn't make that up. What did you right? do? Did you so, just like immediately turn around and go, oh shit, 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 shit? Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, do you think oh, he saw you? Off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Robert Schwartzman, if you ever hear creepy, uh you're awesome. Okay, cool. Anyway, that's a good story, right? That's a great story. That's a fucking great story. Anyway. I did not expect that at all. No. I, 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 I should have some... just shouted, I'm like a biggest fan! And he's like, get me out of here! And he's like, exiting yeah. through the milk cooler. I, t- I, actually, I actually tend to be pretty subtle about stuff. Even when I see fam- like famous people or whatever, like I I don't know what I could possibly say to right. them. Right, there's nothing you can add. Be... Right, yeah would be meaningful to their lives that they haven't already heard. So I wouldn't say anything. I mean, I also was like three feet away from Neil Gaiman, like not, you know, a couple years ago. And I could have walked up and talked to him. He was by himself, just like chilling. And my friend and I just turned around and ran the other way because we were like, what can we possibly Right? That's when I I was so eager to meet Devo. And then I stood in line forever and I paid that extra money and I got to him. I was like, what the fuck am I going to say to Devo? I have nothing exactly. to say. Right, I just talk about square what pegs. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't say anything to him, and I immediately, you know, was like, yeah, oh, fuck, this has got to stop. So, um, <laughs> sometimes living in a really popular locale, you, you do see famous, you see celebrities sometimes, and it's really strange. Um Anyway, I've diverted so much to tell you the entertaining tale that do we have anything else we would like to say about the first movie? No, I'm good. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Everything works in it. It's a sequel I have issues with, but I still enjoyed it. Sure. Can I just say one more thing about the first movie? Yeah, go ahead. The the very odd uh, next-door neighbor, like, what was the point of that? It was so funny and odd, but it was totally pointless. (laughs) Maybe Gary Marshall just liked the actor. I used to see him a lot when he was younger. He was in some college movies, and he was always really goofy. But, um... Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of a throwaway, wasn't it? I love her mother. Like, okay, I'm gonna say this right now. If I had met her at that age... Hold on. 
The age she is in that movie, if I met her now, I would be like, oh, a drooling baboon over her because she was just so lovely. Uh, she's a good mom. I think she's the lady sure who dies in meant. Cliffhanger. Isn't she the lady who dies? He, he, he can't hold on to her. Am I wrong? I mean, it's entirely possible. The thing is, is like, she has such a like familiar face, but I couldn't tell you what else she's been in. Yeah, since she was in Cliffhanger, oh. I'm trying to figure out who she was. She, she was like, she was uh, his wife in Hook. Hold on a second. Maybe she's in Cliffhanger and she's the lady with the chopped she, off hair that died blonde. She is, she is in Cliffhanger. I don't remember much about that yeah. movie. No, it's, it's not good. I don't understand why people as the kids are such classic. Okay, that's it with that one. I just I thought she was great. Um, my problem with the second sure. one is... There's a lot of things. Okay, so it's three years ahead, but am I, did I miss something? It seems like it's more like six to eight years ahead. It really feels like it makes yeah. a big jump from high school to post-college. I'm like, oh, I guess they're just trying to wrap this up as fast as possible. I mean, did they even... Did she... Was she graduating from college? Which doesn't make sense in the time period. No, either. they must have just added years to it. Because also she... Here, oh, I want to add this. This is what I want to say about the first movie. She's perfectly fine the way she was. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the glasses and the curly hair. I thought she was fine. Yeah. She so was weird. cute, quirky, whatever. Yeah, when she had the straight hair and the makeup, for some reason in my mind, it was telling girls that they're not the fine, they're not fine the way they are. That she had to change um, her look and to become princess, and I thought that was bullshit. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a message that is uh, in a lot of things that I think they're better, a little bit better at now, but I mean, how many makeover scenes are yes. there in movies. I keep thinking like, about she's all that. I was like, she's fine the way yeah. she was before. I feel like isn't that, like that has been pointed out and made fun of. Yeah. Over and over and over and over again. Even in like, you know, its own little world, kind of it was ridiculous. But it's the same kind of idea. Um, there's really nothing wrong with people that them to begin with and it was just like oh she maybe needed to pluck her eyebrows a little I bit guess, okay, come on. but think really? about it three but years I... earlier is when we all fell in love with lisa loeb and she was a nerd and she was adorable oh god i love lisa loeb oh uh, yeah but okay so let's sorry the sequel um so they do ditch a lot of heather Matarazzo. i in fact i don't think she even needed to be in the movie at all but at least they minimize no. her stuff and i think her love story is stupid um, I don't buy those two getting along at all or being hot yeah. for each other. Um, no. I miss the boys being kicked out of it, um, but I get because the way her plot has to wrap up with the the whole engagement thing that, you know, in order for it to move ahead that they had to get rid of Patrick, what was his name? Patrick Fuger? Fuger? I don't want to say Patrick Fuger. Oh, Fugue. I mean... And, and he was kind of a side character, but getting rid of Robert Schwartzman is the one where I was like, okay, here's the part where she explains, just like in Karate Kid 2, this weird thing where they had to break up with each other. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't really know why they went about things this way, that they, you know, apparently thought this was the only way to make a sequel. You know, wasn't she only like... 16 in the first movie. I think so, yeah. And she would just got her driver's license and that was a whole huge part of the plot was her and her like, you know, not trusting herself and and all the stuff with the you know, 
car or whatever. And this is, says she's just turned 21. So five years was supposed to have passed when really it was only three. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I have a lot of issues with a lot of stuff. Um, what I don't have issues is Colin Blue <laughs> and Chris Pine. They're both just so likable in their own ways. And, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Colin Blue, who I, I know a lot of people are maybe aren't familiar with his name, but maybe his face. He's also a Canadian actor, right? Is he Canadian? I thought he's British. Um, who just got a lot of work in. Oh, Canada. he he. It, you're right. He is English. He is in a lot of Canadian type things. Uh, what we, at least, what I know him from is Dead Like Me. Um, what, so did he is, do that before or after this? I don't remember the timeline, but I think before. Uh, I don't know. I can't say for sure. Um, that was so far back. Yeah. Now I don't remember the the years, but I think I think it was before because I think I was a fan of his before this, and I thought, oh, good for him, getting more movies in America. Now here's the weird part is <laughs> the weird part is I've seen this movie. Oh, that's strange. because they showed it at our theater, and whenever they put a film together, someone has to watch it to make sure it got put together correctly. So that's how I've seen this, but I didn't remember anything from it. And uh, I had to do a double feature of this <sighs> and Baby Geniuses 2. Yeah, so I remember I feel like I dropped acid for Super Babies and then I watched, I think I was just kind of in and out on uh, Princess Diaries. Maybe that's why I don't remember it because I just had to go in like every 20 minutes to make sure everything was fine. Um, but I do remember bits and pieces of it. But yeah, I technically I've seen this before. <laughs> I wonder if I went to go see it when you showed it. At More than likely, I yeah. You got to see all those free movies back then. I know, it was so dope. I think I saw Ella Enchanted like 12 times. <laughs> I definitely know I went to see Elf for the first time at that theater. But anyway, thank you for your service and letting me see free movies. <laughs> That's the first time that's ever been said in that context. Um... Uh, so in this one, you know, they're trying to, there's a whole rule that they've never really enforced that there has to be a man in charge, you know, a king. And I thought that was bullshit, which I love that they're, they're trying to tackle that, that a woman can stand on her own. Um, but some reason I misremembered the ending of this. Spoilers. She doesn't get married. Why did I think she got married? Uh, I don't know. I could have swore she married Chris really... Pine at the end, but she just gets together with him and they, and they have just a mutual respect for each other. Well, isn't that just make up a little make up for the first one just a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's so much about independence in both of these movies, um, you know, and and self reliance and trusting yourself, and how much did she grow from the first one to the end of the second one, and it's kind of a nice thing that that that's how it ended and really i mean it's it's pretty it's also pretty selfish like she's she wins she it's a win 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 for her which isn't terribly realistic but uh a good message overall well it does give her the challenge of leaving her comfortable life that she knows so well in america and having to take the job and she actually what she resigns or she quits she says she's not ready for it but there's just a beautiful moment that comes towards the end of the movie where she's in the parade and she goes to greet those little children. And, you know, it also changes Chris Pine's character. 
And I thought that was a really, really good scene. I think the drama part is the complications of the sequel are fantastic. I just don't think the comedy works. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it, is, as you mentioned, like the whole air, bow and arrow thing, is that a lot of it is regurgitated from the first one. Right. Well, so is the physical humor, and it just doesn't seem to work. Right. And I don't think Larry Miller is as funny in this one as he was in the first one. Well, that's the thing is, like, so many things, so many sequels, uh, you know, rely on you know certain elements that were very popular in the first one they know it works so they think oh well let's bring it back but you just you don't want to see the same movie over again so it's just you know the same you know sight gags and and and, um you know slapstick humor the the what do you call that? The pratfalls? And, yeah, and but I think like they, they, there, there just... is some stuff that works. So the chemistry between Chris Pine and Anne Hathaway is funny and it works so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fluster John Reese davies who is not really known for being... Um, he's usually like the noble guy. We mostly know him from the Indiana Jones movies. Um, and he did a lot of like little rent stuff, but Lord of the Rings kind of gave him a little bit of a boost. And he's the main villain in this, and I've never seen him as a villain, and I've never seen him just get so flustered and ridiculous at times. Everyone deserves the opportunity to play against character, you know, against type. Yeah. But this, uh, this is really Chris Pine's coming out, and my God, does he sell it. And also, I didn't expect, I really thought he was going to be the villain, because he wasn't a name yet. Um, and I thought, oh, he's going to be the, the villain, and Caitlin Blue is going to be charming and lovely, and they're going to get married, or whatever. And then it just switches. I didn't expect that. But they both, they both still get to be charming and lovely. And, and that's the nice thing is like, even though she didn't end up with the Colin Blue, because on paper he seemed perfect for her, but he wasn't. But that doesn't mean that he was a villain. He didn't have to be a bad guy. Right. So they ended up being like friends afterwards. And that's a really nice thing too. Like there were villains and like, you know, bad guys and stuff in this, whereas it wasn't, that wasn't really that much of an aspect of the first one, but still people weren't necessarily, you know, they, they didn't do what you expected them to do. And the they were more, way more complicated and the relationships were way more complicated. Go Disney. And you know, the, the, again, they, they pull from some of their actors that they use in other movies. Uh, Spencer Breslin has a funny little cameo. His little sister's in this. Um, and so do you think that's her first movies? I, she was so little. Yeah, because I know he had been in The Kid a couple years prior with Bruce Willis. Right, which I, is also a Disney movie, which kind of yeah. makes sense. And then uh, Raven Simone was red hot for that show that she was doing at the time. I've never seen it. She is she is still red hot because the show is back on. Is it? Wow. It's uh, back on and now she's like the parent. Trying to remember this weird, huh? It feels like there's a lot of that. I'm getting too old. I did not. There is a lot of that happening right now. No, you're absolutely. Everything is nostalgia-induced entertainment. Uh, Oh, please bring me Parker Lewis can't win, where he's a frustrated dad. Yeah, I don't think that has enough nostalgia based on it. I think that was just us that liked that show. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you know, Full House has already been remade and on for like five seasons, and now I think it's been, it's over. Yeah, it's weird. That's how, 
revival has, you know, I can't even believe some of the stuff I've seen that has revivals and more things are coming. And I mean, I'm not saying nostalgia is a really nice thing, especially right now uh, in the climate we're all in. I swear I use that fucking term so often now. (laughs) Uh, But... um, you know, there's so much comfort in the familiar that it's really, um, you know, um, it's kind of laying it on thick right now, but that's kind of what people want and need. But, um, hey, I'm just going to go back and watch Princess Diaries like 20 more times instead of <laughs> like watching Full House ever again. Is this where Shonda Rhimes basically got her... Like she broke out, she did what? She did uh, Grey's Anatomy like a year or two later, right? And that's from that's a Disney production. Are you telling me that Shonda Rhimes had something to do with Princess Diaries too? She wrote the and second I missed one. It? Yeah, she wrote the second. Really? One. Yeah. Holy wow! I didn't know that. How did I miss that? And all my fact finding. Shame <laughs> on me. I keep trying to find the oh, name wow. of the actor, but I'm looking through here, and I, the Parliament kind of group that's in this is filled with like just kind of funny actors. Um, I love Tom Post in Rest in Peace. Everybody loves yes. him from uh, um, yes. Newhart. He's so goofy. Um, yes. Is Paul Williams the little guy? Am I wrong? That is Paul Williams, right? The singer. Um, I'm not... I'm not sure. I don't know who Paul Williams is. I'm sorry. Oh, he's the villain. Well, he was a big singer-songwriter in the 70s. He's known for uh, doing uh, the Muppet soundtrack for our generation. But um, he's oh. the villain in Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, right. Okay. And that is messed up. That That is the reference point that makes sense to me. <laughs> well, I could have said Smokey <laughs> and the Bandit, but I didn't know if that was going to work. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that him referenced so i'm not really sure um i had to look it up it's a deep dive it's down way down in the credits it is him Uh, also paul vaught who was on mad tv for a few years is really funny because there's a scene where because paul williams is so small and then paul vaught is so big and then his twin brother who is actually his twin brother i actually thought it was uh special effects um and he's between the two and i thought that was a really funny scene I forgot. Okay, it's all coming back to me now. I have watched both movies recently, but it was still probably like early in the pandemic. I don't even know. I, my time frame is really beginning, middle, and now of pandemic. Oh yeah, which is really sad. Um. So anyway, Newsflash just discovered that Shonda Rhimes also wrote Crossroads. Okay, which we may come upon one day because there are two teen movies called Crossroads. I've never yes, seen the one. Yes, there's one from 1986 with Jamie Gertz and Ralph Macchio, which is phenomenal. Um, but I've never seen the Britney Spears one. But I look at the cast Maybe. and I'm kind of interested. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of want to do like a, a side project where it's not just teen movies, but it's teen movies starring like musical star oh god does that mean i have to watch from justin to calais (laughs) no we don't have to but i'm just thinking of like what's the one where it's like uh just joy fatone and um, on the line or whatever yeah yeah Uh, i was thinking more of like that one movie with 
Mandy Moore and Macaulay Culkin. Oh, saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It saved, and then, like, I don't know, something with Beyonce. <laughs> uh, Walk to Remember with Mandy Moore. No, I yeah, don't yeah. know. But there are it's so many of those where you just got to... It's so yeah. weird that Debbie Gibson uh, and Tiffany never appeared in a movie when they were hot. It's a shame. Right? It just seems weird. There's no project for them or for New Kids on the Block. They never had one. Backstreet Boys didn't have one. Just, like, somebody would have put down something... Just... I think they just didn't didn't figure out how they could just cash in on these hot hot stars until later. Or it was all because the, all, maybe it was because Vanilla Ice his movie was so bad. So yeah, I was like, no, don't do this, don't do really, this. Yeah, he really put people off of that uh, that for a couple of years. I don't know. It's an interesting idea to me, and you know whether it works or not. And, you know, whether they're good actors or not, <laughs> what becomes of them after these choices that they've made. I mean, who doesn't want to, like, try to diversify? Right, because uh, it works for super, rappers super... for some reason. Why does it always work for rappers? It rarely ever works for rock stars. Uh, I don't truly know, but it is so, so fascinating to me, that whole concept of, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, I have seen so many... Um, yeah, like uh, rappers and stuff that do it really well, but I think I don't. I don't know why. It's a truly fascinating idea to me, and that's all I have to say about that. Before we go, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, Paul Williams wrote a lot of songs for other people, but he also did his own. The ones he wrote for other people was, of course, "Rainbow Connection." I mentioned earlier. Uh, "Let Me Be the One" by the Carpenters. Um, "Take It oh to the God. Streets." Is that what I said? You. Hold on, look at this. You and wow, a lot of these were big hits. Take Take It Over in the Morning by Ann Murray. You and Me Against the World by Helen Reddy. Uh, we've Only Just Begun by the Carpenters. Um, he Man. wrote the Love Boat song. <laughs> I will just say, man, songs by the Carpenters have deeply in- impacted me since my very young days. I didn't know this. I've never known you to listen uh, to the Carpenters. That's so strange. Oh my god, I was so obsessed with like Karen Carpenter when I was a kid, and I still remember, and I'm slightly scarred from the TV movie no, that they did right. about her. I remember that movie. Oh my god. Yeah, I was super obsessed with her. I think it's because like that's one of the one of the music groups that we li- I listened to really young with mom. Um, I know like all the words to all their songs. It's yeah. Wow. It's tons. I honestly don't know. Besides, yeah. we've only just begun. I don't think I know a single one of their songs. But um, wow. I know. I know. That's so weird. Well, here's the thing: is what I've discovered about you and I. You have a lot better taste than I do in music. <laughs> like yes. way better. I thought about it at work today. Yes. <laughs> just the stuff I listen to. Sometimes I go back and go, "Oof, what the fuck was I thinking?" And then I think about you were heavy into the singer songwriters. You know, people with more. Oh, I still am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be... I remember you used, to, you used to call it my sleepy music. Yes, I know. But you had You're that... like, I don't want to listen to that. That makes me sleepy. But as I got older, <laughs> but as I got older, your your vault, your little, uh, what do you, what is that thing you stored them in? Like a wicker, uh, like a vault of great CDs, and I would dig into them sometimes. Let's just call it my vault of magic. I okay. don't know. Yeah. And uh, let's just say, um, <laughs> while you're listening to that, I fucking can't believe I bought lip biscuits. I fucking can't believe. Oh God! Dear Lord, I think about it now, and I was like, oh yeah, I had corn and lip biscuit and bloodhound gang and a lot of these songs are. 
kind of we're well, totally diverting a ton from this show. i think <laughs> that the soundtracks for both of the uh movies are, are very enjoyable yeah. and maybe that's where we should wrap it up yes oh and all i would love to ride down on a mattress that looks so much fun i will tell you i read in the facts that uh the delightful madam did her own stunts. She really rode on that mattress. Wow, that's pretty I'm so cool. proud. <laughs> All I right. don't know why. Yeah, hey, <laughs> um, it's the little things that count, kids. Um, yes. So that is it for this episode. Next one will be almost famous and say anything. Um, to tell you the truth, I only have a little to say about Say Anything, but I got a lot to say about Almost Famous. Oh my god, I didn't realize it was such a five-star perfect perfect movie. That's a tease. I can't you wait to talk. You didn't realize or you No, forgot. I liked it. I liked, maybe, I, maybe I did, but I liked it a lot when we first saw it. And I think we watched it a few times. Um, but I think I just faded away. Are you away. sure I don't have better taste than you in movies? You have a lot better. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> You're right. No, 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 no. You are quite correct in a lot of the movies. <laughs> Because when we were younger, I liked the boom, boom, bang, bang, special effects, you know, whatever. It didn't matter if it was even good. If it gave me a lot of cool action, I was in. And I do notice the movies you enjoyed have more substance. I just watched Mystic Pizza for the first time, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. that's a teen movie. Yeah, you're more mature than I am, okay? Let's just say that. And you have better taste. You just do. There's some stuff that I discovered along the way that you enjoy, but in general, I think you just have a better taste. Yes! You win. You don't know how much that, like, makes me feel so good right now. I'll I'll take anything I can get at this moment in time. All right, but I did give you Harvey Danger, so I can take credit for that. (laughs) Oh, well, that pretty much just balances out anything, so thank you for that. All right, everybody, that is it. Check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast. And uh, anything you want to plug before we go? Um, no, I'm still getting up every morning and showering and putting on clean clothes. Yay! I think that's a success. How about this? Any good good books or anything for teens that you've discovered lately? Do teenagers actually listen to your podcast? No, I don't. I just feel like, well, adults can read them too. No, that's an, a super excellent point, and you are not wrong. I will tell you that uh, every year I make a, a new a goal for myself on how many books I'm going to read each year, and uh, I have a goal of 145 books to read in the year 2020, and I am at 126, oh so I have 19 more to go. And um, I am reading a lot. I read a lot of good stuff. I read a also a lot of garbage because you know what no one should be judged by what they find entertaining and that i think is the ultimate uh you know thing to say regarding any of our uh, any of our episodes yeah uh, if you're willing good or yeah, the thing is if you're good willing or bad, to who cares right if, if you it absorb makes you happy. yes absorb just keep advancing discover new things yes exactly and i think that's a perfect place to end bye